additional release program podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people in its shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoister for tax purposes. I'm Joel Hill, and today we are- we're looking at mole children. Mm. Uh, what are mole children, you ask? They are the entirely <laughs> fictitious creations of a cult of sexually violent lunatics that fantasize about horrific and yeah. often complex child abuse scenarios to give themselves some weird, bizarre, confected internet yeah, hero complex. Being trafficked around the world it's in tunnels sad. 10 miles below the surface of the earth with the near boiling temperatures and pressures that would crush lesser mole children's heads like a just neck can of Victor Bravo. I had a couple of them yesterday, Joel. They're still delicious, I've got to tell you. Anyway, it's hugely troubling. VBs, yeah, had a, couple of, had a couple of green demons <laughs> yeah. yesterday, and it's still a fine beer. Yeah. I won't have it knocked. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's hugely troubling, uh, the mole children, that is. And uh, and if Joe Biden was really Donald Trump in Joe Biden's skin, he would have done something about it by now, which is one of QAnon's uh, many circular arguments. And we'll get on that, get in that, and sink down to the depths of the lithosphere in our singlets and shorts uh, and have a good poke around in our deeper dive. But now it's time for the conditional release program's weekly comings and goings, sometimes abbreviated as news. News that's dominated politics in Australia in the last week is uh, the allegations surrounding the now self-identified Christian Porter, the country's chief law officer and member, senior member of the Morrison cabinet. On Wednesday, a Porter cheerfully denied the allegations, claimed no specifics had been put to him, and on cue, Prime Minister Scott Morrison claimed he hadn't seen them either. And this despite Morrison receiving the detailed allegations of the deceased's complaint alleging Port had raped her when he was 17 and she was 16 in Sydney in 19. 19- Eighty-eight. Now, our PM's not a reader. We've learned this. Uh, he wants someone, apparently, to read him stuff and uh, to read stuff on his behalf and then, you know, sort of give him the gist, yeah. or, you know, the, the nice sanitised gist. The rape allegations have unleashed a torrent of fury and disgust from women across the country who have themselves been subjected to the appalling right, behaviour so. of men uh, over their own journeys. And the government won't establish a judicial inquiry of any type, and the coroner's court is a poor mechanism for establishing any truth around these allegations. And in any event, we don't even have a, a hearing date for uh, a coronial inquest. So the situation becomes circular and there is no release. The pressure builds up on the government and it becomes pretty much stuck uh, in uh, political paralysis. And something has to give and that something is an inquiry of a kind. My, but my concern is that uh, an inquiry will in fact deliver an open finding given the circumstances and, and this will be betrayed uh, rather as a vindication for the Attorney-General. Those who demand an inquiry perhaps don't appreciate that the ground rules for any such inquiry would be created by the government and therein lies the problem. Uh, anyway, uh, we're not doing that as it stands. Morrison is sticking firm to the rule of law will be broken irrevocably forever if we hold an inquiry position. Uh, so politically, the government's predicament can only get worse, which means this terrible situation will go around and go around and around and around until he is forced to make a decision. And what this is uh, giving us is a a lot better look at the Morrison government and how it operates. Uh, It doesn't like uh, sunlight all that much and it's being... uh, being having a, had 
quite a lot of applied to it recently. Uh, and more and more we are coming to understand mm-hmm. there is a leadership vacuum in this nation. And, Giles, speaking of a leadership vacuum, I hear you tuned into the Trumpster at CPAC last week. Yes, the Trumpster has made his triumphant return <laughs> back to the pulpit to give a rambling, oh. rousing and fucking long speech. Oh. It just went forever. Get on with it. I know you're great and you did stuff. Well, maybe you didn't. Maybe he's making it up. I'm not sure. It sounds like bullshit. I just don't know anymore. So one of the things that was good about this is that it perfectly timed up with one of my rare dalliances with laboring work. So I was actually knocking Render off wow. the wall with a hammer at the time, which gave me a Bang. really simple outlet to uh, really, yeah, channel my frustrations for the just absolute fucking dither coming out of this grumbling asshole's <laughs> fucking flap. So essentially, it looks like we may not have picked the right horse when it said that our prediction that Trump's time as a political operative uh, was over. Look, when, uh, uh, we said look, that with a bit of confidence. With caveats, yeah, Stick absolutely. Your guns. With caveats, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, what the way I'm seeing it, and this is basically where you laid out in his speech, is that Trump has a new grift. And this grift is that <laughs> he's going to be an endorsement machine. He's going to take donations mm. from Republicans and he's going to endorse candidates as a result. It's a quid pro quo. And basically, this guy has creditors knocking at the door with big, <laughs> Big knocking hands. I would not want to be in this situation right now. Uh, But this is good money. I mean, people love giving him cash on the Republican Party. And let's face it, like some Senate races are worth millions of dollars. And if his endorsement is the magical fucking ticket that he says it is, he could get a pretty penny for it. Not going to be enough. Of course, he's blown all this smoke up his own ass about how every candidate he endorses wins the race. Yeah, it it may not be enough. And uh, and this is just, yeah, it's just an advertisement. This is his new job. And- the thing is, is that like essentially what happens with US elections, as you may have noticed mm. over the last forever, is that the midterms start basically once the last Primaries vote passed to the soon. general. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Have a have a timeout. So it's basically like it's a shopping center. You know, the Christmas decorations go up the moment like the Easter's <laughs> over, or like even, even yeah, mid hot cross ne- bun, you start getting ends. some fucking Mariah Carey on the radio. Honestly. Just give us a break. But this is all an aside to my favorite part of the CPAC speech where Trump talked about his achievements during the COVID crisis. Now, you might find that to be a bit of a jarring statement, but, you know, he, he is often seen as a huge failure in this uh, this, uh, mm, this this, this yes. field. And it was often seen as a large aspect of why he lost the election so much because he just really fucked COVID really hard. But he trumpeted his excellent handling of the situation did because not, he just had a mix of delusional grandeur mm. and just – <laughs> no, no, good, goodness gracious, no. Not if you listen to him on fucking on the Monday speech. So, you know, it's it's nice to have him back, though. Uh, you know, yeah. it's given a bit of flair to things. Boring Grandpa Biden doesn't give us anything. But what really stood out, this is my favorite yes. bit. I've taken a while yeah. at this point, is that Trump insisted that everyone ah. get their vaccine. Hang yeah, on, yeah, really fuck people up. So. The vaccine, he said, was a great achievement, achievement. and Operation Warp Speed was a great success, which is kind of true. I mean, like, you know, they basically, okay, they threw money at the problem and told the FDA not to fuck around. Look, I'll give a little bit of credit where credit's due. He (laughs) takes a lot of credit where a little bit it's due, so he can go fuck himself. Basically, the whole thing about Mm. everyone should get the jab is that this is the kind of shit that makes QAnon people freak the fuck out. Because, like, getting the shot, like, you kidding? That's what Bill Gates wants. So- 
the former president who has been a huge figure in the anti-vax movement ever since he started flirting with RFK and saying that kids get autism from fucking MMR shots has just told everyone yeah. to get the death shot, the have experimental your, death have shot. Have your DNA organically altered, inorganically or altered, I should say. Exactly. And this is the sort of thing, like, you know, that only happens in cool movies. But uh, unfortunately now it's our reality and you're going to be seeing through walls within the fucking fortnight. People are losing their minds because they think this is just not their Donald. <laughs> You've changed, man. Man, he's changed. <laughs> They're making backflips as usual to try and justify this. Basically, he was forced Gunk to say on. it or, of course, it wasn't Trump. It's probably Joe Biden. Joe Biden's standing, <laughs> standing on a couple of phone books. Exactly, yeah. His, his hand up his ass. And, and like, but like, look, I'm sorry, Trump told you to go and get your shot. Yeah, so sucked you. in. You just hate to see <laughs> him the so best vaccine. That's why. Bless. It's the best, the greatest vaccine <laughs> yeah. you've ever seen. Best, the greatest. Yes. Uh, I love look, a good vaccine. Look, in other, uh, other news, American news, where everything is sane, completely normal and always has been, Donald Wait. Trump was not <laughs> inaugurated on March 4. And so that day oh. came and went without oh. the inauguration of Donald Trump. There's no president. Complete shock to me because I thought it was going to happen. March 4 mm. was supposed to be a day of reckoning, oh, yeah. a day where Donald Trump would be uh, inaugurated as the 19th president. That's directly following Ulysses S. Grant. Um, uh, no uh, legitimate mm presidents in the meantime. So the Trumpster would have been number 19 while blood-drinking pedophile Democrats would be arrested en masse and summarily executed, (laughs) taken out the back and disposed of. And about time, just quite frankly. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. I've been waiting since 2017. Sadly, it all came to nothing with claims in the media the cult uh, had once again shifted the goalposts. The cult has shifted the goalposts so often they're not even playing the same game anymore. I think they dropped the ball altogether and now playing fucking roller derby or some fucking weird like that. Uh, And where the shifting occurs, it comes from uh, QAnon influencers because Q himself, the anonymous deep state insider, has not posted since December 13. Gee, we're getting on for for three months now. Uh, but yep. the QAnon influencers who, when uh, one day comes and goes with their prophecies unfulfilled, uh, simply create another date on some spurious justification. So the predicted events of March 4 that didn't yep. happen are now predicted to occur on March 28. And when that date passes, hopefully without incident, no doubt another one will be cited. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> I'd, what March yeah, means, I'd, I'd be interested to see the rest. Oh, there'll be some sort of weird numerology. That's my guess. Yeah, Gematria. Yeah, <laughs> yes, anyway, that's, that's what God I think. Damn. The QAnon chat on 4chan and Telegram last week seemed to conclude with the presumption that March 4 would be a false flag event, and so the QAnon stayed away. But it's only a matter of time before one or more of their number decide to take matters into their own hands, and the US experiences another domestic mm-hmm. terror attack. It may not be in DC yep. as it was on January 6th. That was a terrorist attack. It's Chris Ray, yeah. the federal director, the, the director of the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, said so. Um, well, in other QAnon yep. news, the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, who wore a bearskin and horns as he raced around the Capitol building. Remember him? He was arrested a few weeks ago, yes. of course, and he has piped up to the media this week, still beyond bars, by the way, amid allegations mm. that uh, he left a threatening note for Vi- Vice President Mike Pence at his desk in the Senate chamber, which read, it's only a matter of time, comma, justice is coming. Well, firstly, Jacob, it's a full stop after time, and a slap you around the head for that, and a capital J for justice. But... 
if true, that little message uh, is on the money. Justice is coming. Chansley has been charged with offences that could lead to a 28-year jail term. Ooh. That's so hard. No, no, no. It's too much. Because hinting his involvement of knowledge or knowledge of, foreknowledge, a foreknowledge of the assassination of Vice President Big Gay Mike is a little bit different than just running around <laughs> and making a fool of yourself on Capitol Hill. And if convicted, Chansley faced a very long holiday in a federal prison where organic foods and whole wheat cereals are not on the menu. Ooh, that's going to be a problem. Uh, breaking silence yesterday, uh, Chansley yeah. says he has regrets now. Regrets? He has a few. Oh. No doubt driven by the looming prospect <laughs> of a, a long prison sentence, but he said his biggest regret was not receiving a pardon yep. from his hero, still his hero, Donald Trump. Oh, Donald Trump, which is bullshit. He should have got that pardon. Come on, man. It, it, just like quick pro quo, so be a good guy. Just- it's such bullshit. God, Trump's such a fuckwit. If I was Trump, I would definitely give him a pardon. Well, anyway, in you know, another beg your pardons. Um, I hate to say that uh, cancel culture's back big in the win news. This week. Uh, the, the latest, oh, win. yeah, well, uh, Antifa was. Directly behind this one. So the latest ruthless scalp from the book burning left, like that's apparently a thing, is the beloved Dr. Seuss. Now, you've probably heard about this mostly because right-wing agitators, amplifiers, and general fuckwits are screaming about it. Craig Kelly and Pete Evans, because they're basically the same <laughs> they're person, not the same in the person. same room, are <laughs> fucking loving it. Not. They are just loving it. But the thing is, nobody on the mm. left gives a shit. Mm. Just, no one cares. No one actually really cares outside of the media, which you're a part of. So the general gist is that a few of the good doctors' lesser-known books, yes. racist imagery was used, and it's it is it's you know it's it's that old-timey shit that just like you know when blackface was kind of cool. Yeah. It's usual like uh, slanty-eyed Chinese dude with chopsticks, yeah, weird Arab caricature on a camel, eh, primitive minstrel style depiction mm. of black Africans like yeah it's not great so it's pretty simple stuff we don't really represent people no, in these don't. sort of reductive ways anymore and we used to we don't anymore and that's yeah. like you know progress yeah, uh, yeah. We've, we've yeah that's figured, where progressive comes that from that's like yeah like, well, they don't have the black and white they don't have the black and white minstrel show on television anymore I was old enough to remember when they did on, on it was a BBC TV production that is fucked up you know? and, what, and, and we should bring it back why <laughs> song because the, the, the left Terrible. Fucking rubbish. Fucking morons. So the whole thing comes basically from the estate deciding to pull the titles from sale. And beloved titles such as If Never I Ran it. the Zoo and Never On Beyond Zebra, which doesn't seem like sense. The Cat's Quizzer, which I must say, I kind of like, what, what is the cat quizzing? Like, I, I want to check this <laughs> out. Can't. Uh, I can't it's now because the left have cancelled it. Uh, mm. See, no one's heard of these books and they are to be ceased hmm. publishing from here onwards. But this is because. Dr. Seuss Enterprises, which sounds kind of Orwellian, but essentially the Seuss family estate, wanted to. This was their fucking decision. They didn't make this under some like pointless lefty backlash or protests at a fucking university. It's not because Candle Cult's out of control. It's not Antifa. It's because the family that owns the rights to the books saw an issue. Yes. Well, they actually went and and sought some advice. So they sought some advice from academia and and academia got back to them with their interpretations and they weighed it up and they said, okay, let's get rid of these titles. That's what happened. Yeah. And that's like, that's fine. So in response to this, the absolute galaxy brains that like watch Fox News and uh, Sky News After Dark rushed (laughs) to Amazon.com to buy, of course, the cat in the hat, 
Oh, the places Green you'll books. go, Love Green them. Eggs and Ham. These are the Hop books they've heard of. Basic motherfuckers didn't even bother <laughs> buying the right books. And these it's aren't like, being pulled from shelves. Well, cease to exist. That's what they're going for. They're going for that sort of maximum outrage. Fox News ran, ran four consecutive days on this story. Four days. Jesus Just big extended Christ. pieces. And that's probably because it all tracks their, really well. All, all, their, uh, all their panel shows were asked to address it, you know. Tucker oh, Carlson would have been on it. Tears. Wanker. Tears of rage. Tears oh, yeah, of very angry Just man. Angry, angry Reminiscing man. his favourite Dr. Seuss books, not knowing how to like maybe quote any of them or mm. you know anything like that, just as, yes. a, as a concept. So the thing is bullshit here is like usually the right side of politics are all about freedom to make decisions, but it's only when it fits their political narrative. And this is that whole thing of like, you know, let the market decide, but oh, no, 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 not like that. No, 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 no. I, I need to be like that. And my, my friend Oliver May said that on Facebook. Is, <laughs> I really like that point. And that's the thing. Like, this freedom thing only works within the fucking paradigm. This is a funny one, though. They don't give a shit about Dr. Seuss. Mm. This fits them like a fucking glove because it gives them another no, non-existent problem to whinge about. Another battlefront in the culture wars. Exactly. It's a battlefront of the culture wars. That's exactly it. It's like the fucking only person that ever talks about, like, complex gender issues are young liberals who, are like, they're going, oh, I identify as an Apache helicopter. Like, yeah, good on you, mate. Like, no one fucking cares. Like, just use pronouns and if someone's weird about it just you know just try me nice like it's not a big fucking deal but of course they froth about it make this this really weird big deal that apparently is all we ever talk about so the left don't give a fuck about this cancel culture is not out of control this is nothing to do with antifa but i do say as a side note dr seuss did some pretty badass uh like political cartoons and they are edgy as fuck i think they're worth a look have a look at dr seuss political cartoons chuck it into duck duck go or yandex and have a look. um yeah have a look, look they're, uh, they're edgy. my oh, my, uh, my view is dr seuss was actually, actually a genius a really a really true genius he was an advertising genius but he also yeah taught probably well Billions of kids, including myself, to read by by use of sort of phonics and repetition, yeah. and yes, yeah, so he was yeah. a rather brilliant man. He still sells well. His foundation sell uh, millions and millions of books. Yes, thirty million a year every year. Thirty million dollars a year. Help kids to go to Vinnie's, buy an old copy. Fucking idiots! What's wrong with you? Teaching uh, uh, billions of children to read, and when we're talking about children. It's yes. time to get into our deeper dive because we are looking at children, male children, Ooh. male children who live. Ooh, <laughs> my favourite kind. <laughs> True to mean, keep them keen. It's our deeper dive into male children. True to mean, keep them keen. Fuck me, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joel, tell us, what are male children? Yeah, I'm going to need a beer for this one, Jack, because uh, mole children are probably one of the ridiculous, uh, most ridiculous oh, things yes. to come from the QAnon conspiracy universe, and they've got a lot of fucking competition. <laughs> it's uh, widely said to be a shameless extension of the satanic panic in the 1980s in the States, where yes. people just basically just randomly accused people of being horrific pedophiles, uh, not based on any kind of evidence, no evidence. or anything, just... Great headlines, great hysteria, great fear within the ranks, really good for recruiting people to churches. And one of the famous ones there is the McMartin Preschool in California in the 80s, which was accused of horrifically abusing children in various forms, including fucking tunnels. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, tunnels too, yeah. None of it happened, but uh, that was yeah. the accusation, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's just complete nonsense and hot air. So. Q-drops have had this obsession with dark to light, which they tend to attribute to things like mole children emerging from the dark tunnels. Uh, 
into the light of day where, you know, Trump saves them because he's a fucking light worker. <laughs> All this weird shit about light. So the mole children thing really fits into that. But essentially, it's interwoven inter- 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 between vague Q-drops and the idea of like, you know, <sighs> unspeakable evil happening you know, underneath our feet. Yes. But as we discussed in the Unholy Trinity episode in number 14, institutionalized child sex abuse is absolutely a thing. Absolutely. But this is just a complete bunch of shit. It's just hysteria designed yeah. to rile up the ranks. And, and worse, basically, you know, what it does is actually cloud the business of law enforcement around child sexual assaults. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, if, if you're an investigator sort of looking deeply into the internet and so forth – you know, whether you're working for the Australian Federal Police or whatever authority you're working for around the world, you're finding your work is far more difficult now with all of this smoke and nonsense about mulching. Yeah, smoke and mirrors, yeah. yeah. And it's fucked because, like, there were child sex trafficking hotlines in the States where you need to report these things and you have these mums calling up going, oh, my God, I read on Facebook that yeah, there's just, a mole children network under Central Park. i just seen and on like, Facebook, just yeah. Not- i just seen on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, and the worst thing is, Apparently, some of these calls sounded legitimate because these guys have such an That's active right. imagination. So they made up these scenarios and they had to investigate. It was so, fucking disgusting. So, so it's so- actually it's, it's it's an active cover for actual pedophiles as well. I mean, it, that's how it, that's how that's it works. how it works in terms of enforcement. Yeah, in the end. Mm. Yeah. So I'll give a warning. Uh, it's pretty arbitrary because this is so fucking ridiculous. But this does contain some fairly heavy themes. Um, they're all completely made up. But there is a huge level of bloodlust in the QAnon collective imagination. They just love, like, talking about child rape. So this is what this episode's about. If you don't like these sort of themes, just flick it off because these people have really cooked brains. Uh, but if you keep in mind yeah. that everything we're saying is completely made up nonsense, it is kind of funny yeah. in a weird, very sad, explicit. depressing I mean, kind of way. The, the, the alarming thing is how explicit Ooh. the stuff is. And, they go into such detail. That, yes, and that tells you that these, the people who are generating this nonsense are uh, not necessarily the ones who are believing it, but the ones who are generating it are, are pretty, pretty perverted human beings. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty fucked in the head. Well, it start. It all starts underneath uh, Central Park in New York City. Mysterious white tents start to appear in the area. Some people believe that these were providing medical assistance during the pandemic, but that's obviously bullshit. And these oh, people, yeah. oh, those people are morons. They were medical yeah, tents, sure, but they were there to facilitate the rescuing of the mole children. Mole children. And the mole children <laughs> lived under Central Park, and many have never seen the light of day. And their eyes are on stalks about two feet from uh, from their face. No, 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 that doesn't that doesn't happen. Evolutionarily, it might, um, but not now, not right now. They've spent the most part of their lives being horrifically abused, sexually violently, and mentally tortured to increase the level of adrenochrome in their blood. Adrenochrome, of course, being the drug of choice for elites. Ever wondered why celebrities stay forever young? And I have. You might say it's access to wildly expensive cosmetic surgery practices and high-quality diets and dietitians and what have you, but that's because you're an idiot. It's adrenochrome drained from the blood of tortured children. Of course it is. See, if adrenochrome is harvested from kids, then the tunnels underneath Central Park are basically a farm. farm. It's a big farm. Uh, it's and look, you've got to get your fix somehow. It's <laughs> under the orders of God Emperor Donald J. Trump. The little ones are being rescued from this hell is existence. God, and some would say the entire coronavirus hoax was put in place by Trump to stage this rescue operation yeah. from the tunnels. Mm. Big military, it has to be COVID. Yeah, big military operation 10 Absolutely. kilometres below the surface of the earth. 
Yep, yep. It's a, it's a really long lift. You know, when you press it <laughs> and it's down the bottom, <laughs> you got to wait ages for it to come Girl up. Girl from Epinoma playing in the background. Dun, 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 yeah. It's, uh, dun, it's quite dun. upsetting. Yeah, that's that's our that's our take on things. It's fucking pathetic. So essentially, this whole thing has this cover story where you know the good guys are killing the bad guys, and the thing that underlies <laughs> this, which is this great way of obfuscating the truth, which is that. Because the truth is so horrific, because these children are so deformed and children, the most innocent of all, Mm. this is so horrific that if you learn about it, if you know about it, it can send you completely insane, which is this amazing virtue signal of strength from these fucking morons who are there with their infinite fucking resilience saying, look, you don't want to know about this. It'll send you crazy. I I know about it. I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I can handle it because I'm hardcore. I had 10 shots last night. I could handle fucking everything. <laughs> so that's how these cunts operate. And honestly, it's one of the most cringy parts of it. Well, I mean, it's actually a little lot of competition there. So it is really one of the most annoying and condescending features of the QAnon universe when this wokeness is this superpower and this strength is this virtue. And normies will just never be able to handle this profound truth which is all just made up fucking fan fiction nonsense by sexually violent lunatics but essentially the the flip side of this is they love to go on and on and on about how when they heard about it they they just cried for days doing this for the kids we've got to do this for the kids for the kids just got to do it for the kids just do it for the kids (laughs) fucking pathetic so how do we know this absolutely true story is true? Well, you see, I know a nurse that worked. <laughs> no, you don't, Charles. No, you don't. You'd- All right, cool. Prove, prove it. Yeah, prove, prove it. Prove that yeah, I lie. Yeah. Yeah. Prove I lie. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> bitch. So basically, I listened to an audio clip online featuring some QAnon influencers saying they knew a nurse at Central Park, oh, yeah. which is, of course, completely solid Absolutely. intel. I mean, yeah. like, how could you fucking doubt that? And she said, she a person that, of course, exists, uh, that countless children, many in body bags, flooded these white tents, these white medical tents, 35,000 of them. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah, just a a casual (laughs) 35,000 children. Yeah, just like – and there's not even that many tents. You can see photos online. It's fucking pathetic. Pregnant preteens, of course they are, um, having a pretty rough rough trimester there, and deformed children who'd never experienced any kind of reality outside of the tunnels, never seen light, were often euthanized out of mercy. Yeah. yeah. Within this fan fiction universe, I find this absolutely stunning because it is a generally right-wing conspiracy universe. So you've got these staunch Republicans who will fight to the death, <laughs> no pun intended, over euthanasia laws. And yet when it comes to mole children, they're like, oh, we need to mercifully take and out abortion, the children because they've had it so wrong. Too. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and fuck and off. Quite, well, those, these, these children were so hideously deformed they had to be put down and I'm, I'm comfortable yep. with that. Completely, as opposed to like grandma who has to sit there and be like, kill me. Like, (laughs) come on, fucking hell. So essentially, the really fucked up children were apparently taken to a supporting naval vessel parked on shore, which was definitely not there for medical support because of the overflowing hospitals, but it was because of the children. And it was actually... it's quite funny because the 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 boat is named the UNSS, uh, the USNS Comfort. Yeah, so it's going to comfort the children. And, of course, this nurse that I absolutely personally know (laughs) did not make up as a character in this weird, violently sexual conspiracy fan fiction story saw that some of the children coming out have special Special powers. powers. Wow. Yeah, the kind of of powers that form when someone is tortured so much. They're very 
DNA changes into something oh, awesome. Oh, DNA like, changes. Like perhaps, perhaps some of them have been vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, some, of them, some of them have their dip tat and uh, have just gone, gone rogue. Oh, that's great. Look, <laughs> <laughs> once the children were removed from the tunnels, explosives were detonated, killing all the perpetrators in a heap's cool action sequence. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah exciting. The tunnels are deep enough. We'll talk about that later. Conveniently, nobody heard the sound. Whew, thank God that was a bit of a relief because mm. otherwise, you know, the media would have been onto it. Just, oh, absolutely. A, just a mild rumble that nobody's seen, but notice nothing, nothing the on media. the Richter scale at all. So no, no one went no, nuts. Just, just casual. The children have been yeah. saved, uh, but they will never be able to integrate into society. So I guess that's why we will never hear their stories. They totally exist, but just like an absolutely real girlfriend that goes to a different school, we will never meet them. <laughs> this is why. She's definitely real, though. Yeah, 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 she's real. definitely real. I've got, I've got photos yeah, from her. You know, I've got photos of her. Um, this is yeah, why we yeah. rely on 4chan and norms to tell us what really happened. That and the hero of this story, one Timothy Charles Holmeseth from the absolutely real and not made up Pentagon Pedophile Task Force. Sorry. See, all this laughing. stuff, it comes as a big surprise to a lot of people because you may not have heard of this. But the reason why is because uh, pieces of shit like the man across the oh, table from me here that's, that's, in the mainstream media are keeping it a secret. It was very clear, what, what do you say I that? I wouldn't say I was keeping it a secret. It's a very complicated Defend story and, and we just think yeah. our readers just won't, uh, you know, won't uh, be across all those intricacies, so we just let it go. Yeah, see, that's the kind of shit I'll expect. Oh, did your lawyers tell let's, you that? Let's, 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 let's just pump out another piece on the royal family and the troubles they're having at the moment. <laughs> yes, with mole children, in fact. <laughs> so many tunnels. I mean, that probably is a fucking theory that exists, let's face it. So one of the things I found really interesting when I was researching mole children for the 9,000th time for this episode, because I've looked at this way too often, there's actually a kernel of truth in the whole sort of mole children under New York City because there are mole people. Now, okay, they're not, wow. you know, traffic children for adrenochrome, but there's a small group of homeless people of the 60,000 people that sleep rough in New York yes. uh, that live under the city. About 2,000 of them live under the city in these abandoned subway lines with these sort of like makeshift neighborhoods. And like, you know, cops and security guards play cat and mouse with them. Mice play cat and mouse with them because apparently it's full of rats well, and be, stinks. Yeah, one or two rats here. To, to them, it's home. So, you know, it's that thing of having that kernel of truth they sort of build on. But as with anything that lives in an unfamiliar way that people don't understand, people have made up all sorts of shit about them, same sort of X-Men shit. But at the end of the day, these are just people who are just trying to get by living rent-free underneath some subway stations. I get it. It's yes, fair enough. That's all it is. Now, yeah. And it, like, yeah, and it's interesting that these sort of things, you know, you see these things that exist and it's like nothing is unique. It's just mashed together mm. by assholes on the internet. So as per usual, the QAnon community are absolutely nonviolent. This is something they've said repeatedly and we must hold them to their word. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Except when they are violent, We've which is all this. Just the a little bit, Just time. a little bit violent when, just a smidge when violent. pushed. Uh, when you, you push them into a corner, they will pull out the AR-15s and just start fucking shooting everybody. But other than yes, that, when opportunity knocks, you shoot through the door. Terrifically non-violent people. Yeah, it's fucking pathetic. So essentially, this is the whole sort of thing where, like you know, they tend to try and pin any unrest on false flags and Antifa and all this yeah. sort of stuff. But you can't 
do that with this one. This one is just too good. <laughs> a train engineer by the name of Eduardo Moreno had been completely radicalized by bullshit Alex Jones produced YouTube oh videos God. on general Petergate and mole children and pedophilia and things like that. General QAnon nonsense. And when the mole children thing really like, you know, really piqued his interest, his interest was piqued to a point where he decided to do something about it. And that's the problem with the QAnon conspiracy that's universe. It. The issue here is that it's participatory. It's real time. Mm. So you can do things to stop things from happening, which is really fucking dangerous. So the thing is, he basically just swapped out New York, LA, and there are always these sort of things, these conspiracies. We'll go into this later with uh, Melbourne and Australia, that you can just swap the city name and everything else just fits in place. Exactly the same. Change the name of the park and it's just the same fucking thing. So- just like in New York, a naval ship was parked offshore giving support to overloaded hospitals due to the coronavirus outbreak. And of course, this was just cover for the mole children rescue. Of course. I mean, like, what else is the explanation going to be? Just maybe a fucking pandemic. So, Marino decided to put his engineering skills to good use and derail oh. a fucking train into the port of Los Angeles to try and hit the naval ship. Yeah, safe. Like, just just casually. Saving lives. So- it's the, this is the thing. I mean, this is the, I will be a hero at the end of this. This is yeah. this is what drives them and to and Travis Bickle. Yeah, it's the Travis Fucking Bickle lunatics. syndrome. That's right. And it's just oh, it's just so misguided. But like this guy is great. He's actually he's actually like a high functioning moron. So <laughs> well, he can, essentially, he can drive a train. It's very hard to say what would have happened if he actually hit the vessel and there were a bunch of mole children on there. Like, would it kill the kids? Like, is this his like spectacular form of math euthanization? Like, I just don't get it. The the logic is really uh, missing. But to give you an yeah. idea of how clever this guy was, so he's skidding out, doing his thing, getting the train derailed, and what he did is he lit a flare in the cabin Ooh. and just sort of like held it. And he figured that what would happen is that when he's breaking through, it would just set off an explosion. Yeah. That's gonna, I don't know why. That's going to kill just, everyone, though. Everyone, well, yeah, including but think, the mole children. Was, yeah, well, I mean, that, that's a flaw in the plan. But essentially, <laughs> it's just like an action movie where, like, you know, they have all the fuel yeah. and, like, the like Nicolas Cage type will, like, smoke a cigarette oh, and then, like, Bruce coolly Willis, just throw the cigarette hard. into the thing. Yeah, guess what? Cigarettes don't light petrol. It'll just fucking go <laughs> out. Mostly they don't, yes. So, you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Mm. So, essentially, the flare didn't make anything explode, which is unsurprising. And he brushed himself off and fled the scene because he's a fucking lunatic. And was the, essentially, was the, the whole- train derailed? Was, was the, the, yeah. All right, so, the train has through. come off its rails. Space. And just gone nuts. So, yep. so it's flipped. Skidding, like, for, I'm not sure how long, how far it went, but it was a long skid. The guy got pretty decently close to the bloody boat. The guy knew what he was doing. Uh. I mean, fucking lunatic. And like essentially what he did was like because the way in which these things happen, they happen with a lot of force but not a lot of speed. So like there's that sort of momentum but it's not like as if he's like in a speeding car that just hits a wall. It's just sort of skidding out so he's fine. So he just gets out and just sort of flees <laughs> the scene. And a cop's just like, oi. What, what are you doing? Uh, walking around, yeah, walking around here with – <laughs> near the side of a train derailment. Holding onto a flare, going, <laughs> ah, boom. So so that didn't go well. Um, so now he's looking at 20 years, uh, which is less than Jacob Chansley, 
mind you. Oh, look, 20, <laughs> 20 for this man would seem to me be a little bit small as it well. It is a discount. Uh, yeah, yeah he, seemed, he might have done a little bit of a plea bargain there. What do you wonder he's been charged with in total? I'd love to see the, the list of charges. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting little uh, – it, it'd read like a story, which I know they love, so mm. it sort of makes a bit of sense. And, like, yeah, look, honestly, he should be held to account, but I feel like he's a bit of a pawn in the game here. This Holmesef dickhead who's still publishing nonsense articles on his ridiculous website where all this shit came from. Alex and Jones. Alex Jones, of course. Yeah. Amplifier extraordinaire of complete trash logic. Mm. These people should be held responsible for this in some way, shape, or form because these motherfuckers are absolutely the root cause of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and But basically, we don't – Alex Jones doesn't uh, – his uh, influence doesn't extend to Australia um, and, and hopefully you'd like to think at least most of us are going to say, look, you're full of fucking garbage. But what about – Male children in Australia, Joel. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah, uh, during the pandemic, they took the male children's story, just changed the city names. There's tons of tunnels yep. around Sydney and Melbourne to give this idea oxygen. There are reports of yep. train workers hearing the sound of children playing in the rail system. This is in, this is in our major cities in Australia. This, of course, means yep. there's definitely a pedophile ring going on underground in our major cities. And when we say underground, we're talking 10 kilometres below the surface. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, the tank. We'll talk about it a little the bit. The 10 kilometre thing. It's embarrassing, though, because the thing with the 10 kilometre stuff, like, so basically there's a whole bunch of seismic activity, um, mm. 10 kilometres underground that happens all the time. There's maps that show it out. It's like a thing that they notice on radars and things. There's people who do it. It's a science nerd thing. No one really cares. These are just grumbles, geological grumbles. But the thing is, is that because the whole mole children thing relies on the idea that at the end, the perpetrators are locked in the tunnels and the tunnels are blown up, that seismic activity Mm. then creates this weird, like, semi-plausible way of saying this is happening. So so essentially, that's why they come up with 10 kilometres... Because the seismic activity is 10 kilometers underground. So the most logical thing for these people to say is, well, I guess the tunnels are 10 kilometers underground. Like that's the ipso facto here. Mm. Like that is such a dumb basis. <laughs> well, it's so dumb, Joel. That. You know, the geologists calculate that for every mile you dig beneath the Earth's surface, the temperature, the temperature rises 10 degrees Celsius. Ooh, that's warm. So 10, ooh-wee, we're up at 100 Celsius. We're boiling there. And the pressure that uh, you would face if you ever were, no one ever has been 10 kilometres below the surface of the earth, but if you well, were there, the pressure uh, that uh, you would you would sustain is at a rate, a rate of about five pascals, and that's 7,300 pounds per square inch. That sounds bad. So my tip is for them, if you're if you're an aspiring male child, uh, dress casual, shorts and a tee, you know, you know, yeah. just a comf- yeah. bit of comfort, dress for comfort, and uh, try and ignore the what? What are we talking about? We're talking about six tons of pressure per square inch that will come on your body and probably going to turn you into a pink goo. But, you know, as I say, it'll be warm. Prepare for that. Yeah. It's like a tropical holiday except full of uh, sexual torture. And a bit dark. So that's good. Yeah. 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 yeah, Pretty casual. So a lot of this stuff has actually come from um, one of our favourite people we looked at some time ago together. Yes. 
Linda Everingham, uh, what a character. Look her up. She's really funny. Really funny. And we talked about her before, of course, while we talked about uh, QAnon and, uh, you know, the Save the Children uh, ersatz heroism. Uh, Linda Everingham is employed or was, last time I looked, employed by Telstra. Uh, not to uh, knock out this kind of weird shit, um, but uh, but she's employed as a basically as a sales uh, as a sales manager. So it's very, yeah, very strange. Yeah. Uh, when I did talk well, to someone at Telstra somehow. about it, they said, he said, you know you know what she's doing? And spoke to her, spoke to this person about the QAnon stuff. He said, really? Really? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's not the sort of thing that – is it the sort of thing you should lose your job over? I'm not, I, I think it, I don't I think think it so. is. Really? I really oh, do mate, think it I is. Mean- that's cancel culture. You're, you're taking Dr. Seuss with that bathwater. It's no good. No good. Well, I, I can't see I how she can Tifa. divorce, how Everingham can divorce her work responsibilities from these bizarre beliefs that she has. They're very strong ones. And I mean, like the way in which she describes them, the deep underground military bases or dumbs that are 10 kilometers underground, fostering these children with the tunnels that connect them. I think Dan Andrews is featured a lot. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff well, about Dan, Freemasons. Yeah, Dan Andrews, of course, disappeared. I mean, he was taken to Guantanamo, I and mean, I presume he's still uh, there, yes. which means we've yes. had uh, a Dan uh, a Dan Klein in place. He's doing a terrific job. Well, who's been way. banging the kids then? Yeah, he's doing a, so, doing a great job. He's very popular. One of the things that I find uh, interesting with this, and this is sort of plays to the Dan Andrews thing, is that in the States you've got Trump and you've got the, the Q team that are saving the kids, but they love Trump. You know, mm. There's the cult of Trump. Mm. Here we've got state governments, a lot of them are Labor, especially like to Dan Andrews, that people absolutely despise in the QAnon circles. But they're not big fans of ScoMo either. I mean, like he's not very no. you know, sort of pumped up by anyone. So you've got all the layers of government and a big mystery for me has been like maybe it's just a military fetishism, but I've never really seen any good screenshots of any Q influencers or anything like that saying what it is. Now, mm. I love this because this goes so much back to the idea of just copying and pasting shit from America. Apparently, according to my cousin, Peter Maxwell, who sent the link onto the group, there's a decent little screenshot going around in his pilled buddy circles saying that it's just a Q team in the States. So uh. they don't like Dan Andrews. They don't like Gladys Berejiklian. They don't like ScoMo. You've got no one left. Ah, fuck it. We'll just call it. The Americans are doing it. <laughs> ah, why not? We'll just bring it. Yeah. Uh, we copy and pasted the rest of the conspiracy. Why stop there? Something. They don't have the imagination. Uh, no, they don't. The, they really the don't. Australian, the Australian anons just don't have the imagination to pull it off, so they just glom off the American nonsense. Not to say it's a very smart theory or a very interesting story. To say they don't have the imagination or intelligence to improve on that is an indictment of their character. That's that is for sure. But um, one thing that I really liked was the Pete Evans pushing the roadworks. Yes, multiple roadworks around uh, Melbourne, Greater Melbourne, in fact. Uh, Got to be three or four thousand there, and you know, in typical Pete Evans, uh, typical Pete Evans style, he, he put up a, a silly little reminder about one of his silly ass documentaries, <laughs> and uh, and then just put this uh, photograph of literally thousands of roadwork uh, symbols uh, across Greater Melbourne, as if to Textbook say, vague hey, Pete Evans, someone's banging away in those tunnel walls, guys, and yep. you know. I mean, so, so there's a rescues rescues going on. I mean, he, he you know basically, if you ask me about Evans, you would just say he's look, he's just a joiner. He's just going to glom off this. He knows yeah. that a lot of his pilled fans are going to are going to be into it, and so he's going to play along too. You know, ne- yep. never actually comes out with you know straight out QAnon stuff, but yeah. 
he just you can tell section. he just supports it because he thinks it's you know it's it's all part of his grift. Well, the thing that's interesting when it comes to Pete Evans and God, we talk about him a lot, but. Uh, when it comes to these things where he invites his people to talk about, like the actual message basically says, Victorians, I send you all love. Like, fuck off. I will let others below inform and empower you as to what is really taking place during this lockdown. Prayer hand, prayer hand, prayer hand. And then he plugs his mm. documentary. Yeah, so yeah. that's him basically saying, and I mean, in no uncertain terms, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to get other people to say it, yep. but this is what's happening. And he knows exactly what he's prompting them to say. But you know, you know all too well that he tacitly approves anything that's on his Facebook. Now, this is back when he had a Facebook profile, and God, I'm glad he doesn't anymore. Doesn't but anymore. <laughs> he will delete anything he disagrees with, and he will block the person that posted it because he believes in free speech, of course. So when you see something on his page, whether it be like, you know, mole children or Holocaust denial, you can be quite confident that that is something that he tacitly approves of because he hasn't deleted it because he carefully curates his cult-like social yeah, media profiles. But more, but yes, absolutely. But but more importantly, he nurtures that audience. He knows yeah. where these people yeah. are. Politically, he's probably not the right word, but he he knows exactly what what their beliefs are, and yeah. he, and he panders to them. So if you, you know, I mean, basically, if, if if it ever did occur that Evans was sat down and interviewed properly about his beliefs, it turned out he wouldn't believe in all that much, but he knows no. enough to get to get some cash out of these people. Absolutely, and this is the thing. It's interesting. Whenever he's sort of you know pressed on a, a question or something like that, he always starts sort of trailing off and being a bit vague. And it's like you really don't know that much. Whereas a lot of his like his supporters, they are very cluey. And of course, it comes back to the same thing. You know, I like to think that these days, after all this research I've done on these conspiracy universes, I am an expert on stupid shit people made up on fucking Twitter. <laughs> so, like you know, let's face it, his followers. They're pretty well researched, but they're researched by watching YouTube videos of grifters telling them about how bad vaccines are. Like, it's it's not a specialty you really want. Like, I got some friends from uh, from back in the day, and I mean, varying degrees of Facebook friendship. But some of them, they go on and on about all the research they do. I'm like, oh, buddy, bitch, videos aren't research. You're not an expert. You're just <laughs> a fucking lunatic. Anyway, that's all in the story. But, um, it is indeed. But, yeah. but look, just to conclude here, Joel, you've got some very moving. We're both uh, students of literature and uh, and uh, we know our <laughs> listeners are too. And just to finish off here, you've got some mole children poetry, not written by mole children, it must be said, um, no. because mole children don't exist, but, oh, but, but poetry <laughs> written by some of the pilled QAnon followers. Oh, can you read that one, please, Joe? It's just so it's a this one. Thing. This is this is posted by Travis View on Twitter, and unfortunately for the uh, the truth seekers, there's always a bad one in the bunch. And this account was pretending to be William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States of America. Oh. So the next time some fucking QAnon says they're a truth seeker. Can you look within your ranks? Constantly lying and laughing about who you are. Fuck you. So, let's take it down and take a pause. Take a pause. This is a beautiful thing. This will this will uh, this will move a lot of our listeners to tears. Got got to wipe got to wipe my own out actually cuz they're coming out of caves, <laughs> emerging from darkness. For years they've been missing. We'll see them soon. Oh, good. No matter how deformed they're beautiful. <laughs> they'll tell their tales. And it will shock us all. <laughs> the guilty will see justice. This is like the justice porn bit. Mm. It'll be swift. The innocent will heal. We'll heal together. Oh, fucking That's, hell. Uh, that is just yeah. pathetic. I mean, look, 
just ignoring the male children QAnon sort of angle, it's just fucking terrible poetry. And whoever is responsible poetry, yeah. should fucking hang their heads and have their asses kicked from from arsehole to breakfast time for trying to it's fob truly. this fucking terrible shit upon us. The guilty will, really will see justice. Like- it will be swift. The innocent will heal. We'll heal together. Don't even fucking rhyme, yeah. you fucking cunt. <laughs> Oh, it's great. I mean, like, we've just spent about half an hour talking about sexual violent torture, and it's like, oh, yeah, but, mate, if you fuck with the cannon, oh, that is high crime. <laughs> That's You can run all the kids That's you want right. in tunnels. Look, I, I can relate, man. I need my adrenochrome just like anyone else. Call that a but you fuck with literature. Yeah. 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 You, you draw the line. Well, let's, let's just say, speaking of torture children, yes. here is one that we prepared earlier. Because... <laughs> Have you ever wondered how Trump kept so youthful in comparison to sleepy Joe Biden, old Grandpa Joe? Uh, come on, man. It's the adrenochrome. You reckon he's on it? And while, the Trump star, he's on the adrenochrome? Oh, absolutely. And while Barron has got to be feeling a little bit nervous <laughs> considering his youthful, uh, you know, sort of composure yeah. there, Eric has been a great reliable source of the chrome for some yeah, time. And that ain't going to end soon because he's a good-looking boy. Good-looking but without boy. that golden blood, he'll be no use to anyone. But between transfusion, he has no purpose at all. He's just simply a bastard on bastard Father's, on Father's Day. Day. Troubling news this week in the life of Eric Trump, idiot failed son of the Trump empire, who was a good-looking boy, though, after some intense research, which meant reading a few pages of Ivana Trump's Raising Trump, uh, the conditional release program can reveal that Eric used to attend play dates with Michael Jackson. Another piece of the puzzle is fallen into place, listeners. Uh, Jackson lived at Trump Tower during the childhood years of the Trump kids and maintained a close relationship with the family. And the great orange one wouldn't just let anyone play with Eric. None of your rubbish, no coloureds for a start, which might explain why Wacko Jacko got on the white pills all those years ago. Uh, the Trumpster's ex, Ivana, wrote in Raising Trump, the only person who had an open invitation to come to the penthouse for play dates whenever he wanted to was Michael Jackson. He, that's Jacko, stopped by, according to Ivana, and chat with Donald and me for 20 minutes, and then he'd go up to Eric's floor to hang out with him for hours and hours. It explains everything. It explains everything, Joel. Eric's ostentatious dance move. Dance moves. Why he loves his dad. Love Love you, dad. dad. His pathological hatred of giraffes and chimpanzees. And why cry wanks up to 14 times a day. We all know the rumours surrounding Michael Jackson, who died in 2009 from acute propofol and benzodiazepine intoxication. That's basically clinical level anaesthesia with sleeping tablets. That's going to. That's going to yep. put you down for a while. Uh, and after he did that, there were some heavy allegations. In fact, before he did that and after he did that, there were some very heavy allegations of pedophilia hanging over Jacko. And I just want to knock it on the head right now in respect of Eric. Nothing happened, according to Eric, who has very sensibly, in my view, repressed every childhood memory he has, just like the beatings his dad. Yeah. Love, Love you, dad. dad. Handed out and has pushed all those memories down, pushed them further and further into the recesses of Eric's mind out of harm's way. Mm. 
Anyway, I can reveal that Eric, who was a good-looking boy now, was hideously ugly as a child. The worst case of neurofibromatosis medical science has yet come across. Great weeping bubbles of pus covered his entire body until Eric turned 18 and the family arranged for the skin of three homeless men to be delivered and fashioned into a tight-fitting garment, which Eric now wears as a suit. And Michael Jackson could not have interfered with Eric as Eric was so fucking ugly as a kid. Any person who came across him would projectile vomit directly into his face, which is oddly good for his skin. Must have had something to do with a stomach acid, I reckon. And that's my theory. Anyway, listeners, the take-home message is Michael Jackson did not have his way with Eric Trump, although Bubbles the Chimp might have taken a crack. We can't be sure. Yeah, we can't yeah. be sure. But we have to leave Eric's profound childhood traumas traumas alone for now. Repress them just like Eric does so that all that's left is a shiny sun in the sky and a great gaping space of about 18 years where our memories are reduced to a card that says seen missing. We can't worry about the psychic explosion that's headed our way sooner or later while we start crying every time we hear Billy Jean on the radio. Because it's time for this. Time to catch up with the comings and goings of a man who loves vaccines. It's just that he's never oh, found yeah. one that he thinks won't affect our DNA at a cellular level and make an army of monsters that live and breathe among us. Unless uh, we can buy one of his lands for 25 grand. Two for 60. It's the week oh, bargain. in Pete Evans. And as usual, it has been a huge week in Pete Evans, raising the curtain on what is to be the tourist attraction oh, of the yes. Northern Rivers from here until forever. As promised, Panoramic Views Pete has given a few lucky – oh, I'm sorry. I mean cashed up people the chance to spend 51 or so hours with him, Ooh. his missus, and the horse that he used to Google what a neo-Nazi was. <laughs> it's 3000 bucks for a single and 5000 for a double. And this is the going rate. Spend two nights talking about how Pete was right about everything and how awesome he really is. Now, while it sounds expensive, just think about how expensive other cults yeah. are to join. In relative terms, it's a yeah. bargain at twice yeah, the price. Is I mean, cheap. Fuck, this is you can't cheap. even get a root in Scientology for this. <laughs> so, as expected, it sold out in record time, which is did fucking it really? Did it really? Yeah, it really did. It was like oh, moments. God. And it, like, all these people on his telegram are super sad to have missed out. And they're all like umming and ahhing as to whether they should have spent their life no. fucking savings on this weekend. So, he's planned another one a couple of weeks later. And while cult retreats are barely, like, very rarely yeah. a cheap ticket. Some of his devout followers took exception to the high price, balking at the cost, expressing disappointment that Pete had reserved his sanctuary for those with means and excluding those without. Now, I take umbrage to this because not that he's excluding people without money because that's actually <laughs> happening. The idea that Pete Evans would ever volunteer to hang out with people that he considers lower class is laughable yeah, on its face. And this should not come as a surprise to his dopey devout followers after seeing so many recipes that if you break it down, cost about $60 mm. a head to make. So it's not a bad money spinner though. And <laughs> I mean, look, all in all, it's about a $40,000 take yeah, for each weekend he's going to do. So it looks like the creditors will not be knocking on the door in UK anytime soon. He's looking like I'd say around $35,000 profit off this little venture a couple of days. That's really not bad. Now, we all thought he was taking a pay cut leaving his My Kitchen Rules gig, but fucking hell, this guy knows how to grift. So, Pete's Weekend Retreats offer our guests, as he calls them, to partake in some or all of the offerings such as tea ceremony, yoga practice, ice baths, float tank meditation, 
breathwork, whatever the fuck that is, infrared sauna, which he probably sells you at the end of the fucking thing, cooking mm. demonstrations, campfire conversations, which I mean, that, apparently that's a feature, and bodywork treatments, red light treatments, which I'm guessing is his little fucking biocharger, and a whole lot more, which well, I'm guessing uh, he's going to well, make just up wait as a minute, Joe, John tell me that, that you don't get to sleep in Pete's house? You, <laughs> you know, get in a oh, spare bedroom? Oh, mate, you are getting a cabin. A You're cabin, a cabin or a tent? Where he's going to sit there. It looks to me like we might have <laughs> yeah, tents going it. on here, tents, sleeping bags, etc. Yes. FEMA tents from uh, some, uh, like an expired <laughs> cyclone or something. So, look, it does look fairly nice. You know, it's fucking expensive. But, um, you know, I think there's like a roof, which is mm. pretty sick. Now, the thing that stood out for me here is the tea yeah. ceremony. Now, Pete is not shy about his love of psychedelics, and it's actually one thing we kind of agree on. But- a tea ceremony is often what people call an ayahuasca session if they want to be a little bit subtle mm. about it. Now, ayahuasca can seriously bend your brain and it can change your life often for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a better experience when you do it with Pete. I, like, I would recommend it to anyone as long as you're not in the same, I don't know, uh, postcode as Pete Evans. Uh, but look, I, we had a look at it and it turns out, no, it's actually just drinking fucking tea. Oh. Really expensive, benign <laughs> just, tea. Just twinings, basically. Yeah. Irish yeah. It's have, incredibly have upsetting. Irish breakfast. Move on to the English breakfast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's your tea ceremony done right there. And then you colonize yeah. the world. So I've got my money on at least one of the sold out tickets going to some sort of journal or troublemaker. It's going to document mm. the whole thing, make some fucking yeah, vice document on it or something. But I look forward to that. I'm, I'm keen. I think it's going to be very funny. Otherwise, we're going to see a whole bunch of cashed up hippies clumsily typing out badly worded messages gloating about their time <laughs> with Pete on the fucking telegram. But this is Pete Evans we're talking about here. And after all, there is a huge chance of this becoming the fuck up of the fire <laughs> festival proportions. This could be the biggest train wreck in recreational history. And I, for one, look forward to hearing how this huge cash cow goes and it could be for better or worse. I can only hope there is something in the tea that makes this brief brush with narcissistic fame worth the obnoxiously high And we price. do hope that Pete Evans has uh, all of his uh, public liability insurance in place uh, before this event uh, occurs, just in case something messy does happen and he has to uh, compensate people for whatever reason. No, whatever that's not going to happen. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, can we on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. Follow me. I have like nine followers. <laughs> Sucked. No one listens. We've set up a Facebook page. Don't bother following Jack. He's got millions. He doesn't, he doesn't even appreciate it. We've set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily and a Facebook group, uh, um, Conditional Release Program, shitposting group, which is just a place where people can post links to things they yeah. find interesting. And by yeah. interesting, I mean Jump made up by lunatics on the internet. It'd be good mm. fun. It's good fun. Now, this is the desperate call to action. It's really pathetic. We do it every week. Promoting a podcast is easier than done. Essentially, for you to promote your own podcast is basically like masturbating in a cupboard. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> you don't want to get caught doing it and it just sucks. If you do it, everyone's like, oh, who's that really attractive person pleasuring themselves in an enclosed space? So that metaphor sucks, but just please share the please, share please, episodes please. you like. Share episodes you don't Joel like. does not want to get caught masturbating in the cupboard. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if you're sending the Q team to rescue our kids and steal our adrenochrome supplies. Actually, no. Fuck off. We need them. I need adrenochrome. Yeah. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's right. Fountains of youth. Dear listeners. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>